0: Welcome in everyone to one-on-one's NFL Friday, recording on Friday, May 7th, exactly eight days after round one of the NFL draft, six days after the NFL draft concluded in Cleveland. A lot to get into, particularly with both the Jets and the Giants. I'm Jimmy Sullivan, joined by Chris Baccia. Chris, great to be with you, and... The draft, I always feel like, is such a great time of year. So many storylines, so many interesting things. And this year's draft, I think, proves that once again. Just a a fascinating year in a fascinating draft as well for the NFL.
1: As always, and I always say that when draft day comes, if you're a Jet fan, draft day is pretty much the Super Bowl for you and for us as Jet fans. So there's a lot of energy leading up to draft day. And this year, the Jets are – going for another quarterback. And there have been a number of them. I'll be honest with you about my perspective right from the get-go here. I can't get too excited because I'll pay for it, and and it'll be painful if I do. So I hope that Zach Wilson is the guy. I, I hear a lot of good things about him, and I'm excited to break him down. But if you're a Jet fan, you have a reason to be excited about a new quarterback, but you're also cautiously optimistic. You get Zach Wilson from BYU at number two overall. And you also get the guard, and I think that is enormous. Elijah Vera Tucker. So there's a, a little bit of excitement there. The Giants strike and get a receiver. So it's a week of um, of excitement, but you have to you always have to temper that. You can't get too pumped up because we just don't know. Certainly, Don. I mean, I remember Sam
0: Darnold being the guy a couple of years ago. I was a freshman at Fordham then. I'm a senior at Fordham now. Sam Darnold's in Carolina. So it goes to show you how quickly things can change with the Jets. But let's start with the Jets here. They take Zach Wilson at two. They trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard from USC, at 14. I was on -on one-on-one last week. I made the point that this Jets regime, led by Joe Douglas, who I thought did an outstanding job with the draft as a whole, has already done more to support Zach Wilson than the Mike McCagnin regime did to get behind Sam Darnold in his first couple of years in the league. They take Wilson at 2, they go offensive line at 14, they take a receiver at 34. Chris, I just thought this was an outstanding draft by the Jets, and now two drafts for Joe Douglas, where he has done a really good job both accumulating picks and making some really good picks as well.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the receiver, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. I I think it's tremendous. Last year, Denzel Mims was a second round pick. So looking to surround Zach Wilson with pieces. And of course, Sam Darnold was never Joe Douglas's quarterback. So it shouldn't surprise us that he went to Carolina and they were able to pick up some picks from that. Um, But you have to, I'm still not necessarily satisfied with the supporting cast around him. I mean, I, I think it's good, you know. They added a receiver in Corey Davis, which I, which is exciting to me. Keelan Cole was another, um, and then you had Jamison Crowder on the roster. Of course, there, there. I wish there was more, but this is certainly more than Sam Darnold walked into, as as you mentioned. In my view, you have to build the team, and then you draft the quarterback, so the quarterback can come into a good situation. the The situation that Sam Darnold walked into was. Uh, almost impossible. And everybody in the league acknowledges that Sam has talent and we don't know, maybe, maybe he'll have success in Carolina because he's got talent, but he walked into a situation with the jets where he had no receivers. They went out and got Le'Veon Bell, but that was a bust. Um, I don't know really what the jets are doing at running back, but at least I see a, a good arsenal of receivers around Sam Darnold. And the, the biggest thing for me is that I do think he's going to be protected that left side with Mekhi Becton and now Elijah is going to be strong. And that is critical.
0: Certainly is. And, you know, I I remember many a game when Sam Darnold was the Jets quarterback where it felt like defenses would just tee off on him. They'd get a ton of pressure. He wouldn't have a lot of time to throw. They addressed that in the first round last year with Mekhi Becton, who looks like a stud. Uh, And now they address it with Elijah Vera Tucker at 14, who I, I thought that was, probably the best pick the Jets made. They trade up mm. with Minnesota from 23 to 14. They get Tucker, who's probably the best guard in the draft. Uh, really solid player, really good player. They protect Zach Wilson. And you make an interesting point about the offense. I I, I don't think it's wrong to hope and expect, you know, a little more, right? You, you have the arsenal. Zach Wilson's got some weapons now, but – you know, could it be improved? Of course it could always be improved. But I, I think the Jets are really on the right track. I think they're going somewhere with this. And look, let's be honest here. I mean, the Jets are probably not going to be a very good team next year. Okay, they went 2-14 and 14 last year for a reason. As much as we hate Adam Gase, it's not going to go from 2-14 and 14 to 10 or 11 wins overnight. Just not going to happen. But it's a team that will be more competitive, I think, under Robert Sala. And also, they'll do things in more of a fun way. You know, some of those Jets losses last year were, were quite frankly, brutal to watch. They were horrible games. Like, this team seems at least fun to the point where they'll put up some points, and they'll be in some games that they weren't in last year because now they they have an offense that could go out there with a new rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson and and go actually score some some points with, with better coaching, with better personnel across the board. So I think that's reason enough for me, at least to be optimistic.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I think the team is going to have to take baby steps here. I, 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 I I, I look around and it really all is going to come down to Zach Wilson. Is, is, does he come out and and is he slinging the football? Maybe he is. Um, And if he can, then, well, it's going to be a pretty quick recovery for the Jets, uh, and and believe it or not, you can go from two and fourteen to nine wins uh, if Zach Wilson is what the, the 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 biggest of optimists say about him. If he's that, then then I would say you could make a seven game jump, but I expect it to take time. I expect it to take a year or two. You just don't want to see what you saw with Sam Darnold. I think after Sam's rookie year, you you were able to. Cherry pick some good things that you can get excited about, but the team was not good. Um, what I hope is that in this next year the team can be good beyond just the quarterback, where we're only looking at the quarterback, uh, because that's never been how a football team is built. I mean, I don't care what you say about Tom Brady and the fact that he was able to win Super Bowls with not outstanding supporting cast. True as that might be, there was always a team behind him, and I it, it should go without saying, and I think. Football fans understand that, but some people just think Tom Brady carried those, those Lombardi trophies. It doesn't work like that. So we, we've got to look around and 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 find good beyond the quarterback position. But of course, that is central. If if Zach Wilson has a big year um, statistically, just with what we see by the eye, then that will be huge. Because one thing that I think we're in agreement on, Jimmy, is that the eye test for Sam Darnold just it, it never really checked out. You, you just never. You, as as much as I blame the system and I blamed Adam GaSe a ton, I always felt like the the pure ability was really lacking for Sam. I mean, I I just can't remember a lot of great passes that he ever threw. So for Zach Wilson, we'll, we'll look to see that. We we know he's got the arm talent. I mean, we've seen we've seen the tape. We've seen the pro day. We we know what he can do. I don't think Sam Donald ever had that. So you know, I, I think we'll be looking out for that. I mean, it's natural for me to make the comparison to Sam Darnold now with everything because it was just such a big bust at number three overall. But um, it's a clean slate. It's a new general manager. It's a new head coach. You mentioned Salah. That's a huge deal. Um, so there's a lot to be excited about. Certainly is. And
0: I think, you know, when you were talking about Sam Darnold, you would see occasional flashes with Darnold. Like, hey, he could be pretty good. But then he'd follow it up with something very dumb which was on him, you know, we do talk about the system. There is some individual responsibility for Sam Darnold there. Um, I think he'll fare pretty well in Carolina. That's just me. Uh, But the Jets have their new quarterback. They have an all new left side of the offensive line and a really good draft for the New York Jets. I want to move over now to the Giants. They had the number 11 pick. They traded back from that to number 20 with the Chicago Bears, who traded up to get Justin Fields. They get the number 20 pick. They take Kadarius Toney, a wide receiver, out of Florida. Giants made a couple of other trades late in the draft. First time Dave Gettleman had ever traded back in the draft, by the way, in his career. But Chris, the Giants trade back. They get a couple extra picks. They get a wide receiver in Tony, And that now, I think, sets up a very big year for Daniel Jones. He's got some weapons. He's got some new expectations, I think, from the fan base based on what they have done in drafting Tony getting Kenny Galladay for example and I think this is a big year for Jones year three in a Giants uniform and it's a team and offense that's probably expected to do quite a bit next year if everybody's healthy
1: we've been saying that on this podcast for a long time now and there's no question that this is the make or break year for Daniel Jones another guy who hasn't jumped off the page to me with what I've seen. And this is going to be his year. He's got Gallaudet. You mentioned now he's got Tony. I see you had two big receivers. I mean, your, your your biggest signing and your number one pick. Um, So he's got the cast, you know, Saquon Barkley is coming back. So this is really his year to step it up. Um, What I bet on it. I I have to say that I'm, I'm not buying it just on what I've seen on the field, but this is really the year where there's no more excuses. He's had time to develop and they've put the cast around him. So this is it for Daniel Jones. He's got to show up. He's got to, he's got to throw the football well. And, and then we'll make a judgment. I think it's interesting too, with
0: the giants, they, we were going into the off season. We were talking about how they had to address the offensive line and they haven't really meaningfully done that. I mean, they they used a couple late round picks on the offensive line, but, you know, I, th- I thought at least if they had kept the 11th pick, they'd take an offensive lineman to kind of shore up that offensive line. Because in the last month of the season last year, when Daniel Jones was out there and he was banged up and he couldn't move, you know, the, the line really kind of stepped down for him. And they didn't play very well. And I, and I think as good as the weapons are around Daniel Jones and, you know, as talented as this offense is across the board, there's still a certain sentiment, at least to me, of, well, you can't really do it. You can't really be successful if the offensive line is going to be subpar. And, you know, I just worry about that going into the year. Now, Daniel Jones can make a lot of plays with his feet, so he can counteract that some on the Giants offense. But, Chris, I I am concerned that despite everything they've done, despite all the talent they've got, the offensive line being what it is might actually hinder this team towards what they want to do in terms of trying to win an NFC East title next season.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And it's an NFC East that should be wide open. Um, but but I, I think that definitely can hinder them. And, and they didn't go offensive line with their top picks, number two, number three, number four. Um, so I, that is a concern. Um, this is a team to me. That's pretty much built on the defense. I think the defense is going to be excellent. And it was very good last year. They bring back Leonard Williams. They have some corners. I I think that the, the defense is going to be the foundation of this team because they don't look at uh, Daniel Jones as a gunslinger. They don't look at him as a playmaker and, and a big game guy. So they're going to build it on the defense. They're going to have a quarterback who I think they probably see as more of a manager um, and, and someone who, you want to manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. We've seen that be an issue for him, especially with the fumbles. But it's, it's going to be about relying on those weapons because Daniel Jones, I don't think, is really the centerpiece the way that you would like him to be. Um, and they drafted him number six, which shocked a lot of people. But I think this team is built on the defense. And I agree with you that the offensive line is a problem for this team.
0: Certainly so. And it'll be interesting to see how they do. Again, Kadarius Tony, their pick at number 20 wide receiver out of Florida. And they get Daniel Jones, some support uh, on the wide receiver court, but we'll see how the offensive line fares for the giants going into this season. I want to touch on some of the quarterback issues, not issues, but picks around the league. Some interesting ones. That were made. I want to start with the 49ers at number three, because going into this draft, everyone was saying that we knew what the first two picks were going to be. Trevor Lawrence goes one to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson goes two to the Jets. But the draft really started with the third pick and the San Francisco 49ers. And there had been talk about them with Matt Jones, for example, the quarterback out of Alabama. Uh, they had attended Justin Fields' as pro day. In the end, they go with neither of them. They take Trey Lance at a North Dakota State who effectively did not play last season. But he winds up going at the number three pick, just 20 years old. Chris, I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on this situation. 49ers taking maybe a bit of a gamble here with Lance. He's in a situation he doesn't have to play right away. I thought a very interesting both trade up from 12 to 3 for the 49ers and then the pick that they made once they did go up to number three.
1: And remember, they gave up a, a haul to get up to number three. And with Trey Lance from North Dakota, uh, y- y- you do roll the dice there. And they have Jimmy Garoppolo there. So I, I think it- it's a good situation for him to enter. I mean, it, to me, if I'm drafting a quarterback at number three, I, I-, I don't know how I feel about having, to me, a, a guy who is uh, a good quarterback in the NFL. I mean, probably a top 15 quarterback. Some would say top 10. I, he doesn't necessarily have, you know, the incredible talent, but we know what he's been able to do. He's had a lot of success. So I was a little surprised to see them become committed to even going for a quarterback to begin with. Um, There were some teams who had more of a need, but, but seeing Lance off the board that soon, you know, before Justin Fields, before Mac Jones, I, I think surprised a lot of people. We thought they were moving up for Mac Jones, but Trey Lance was their guy. Um, and I, I think they're a really well-run team. I like the general manager. I like the head coach and Shanahan. Um, and now a member of that staff is now the jet head coach. So it's good. If, if, if they're good, then, then that, 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 bodes well for the jets. Um, clearly they believe in this kid. Uh, you know, you look at the tape and it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. He's been said to be the most talented quarterback in this draft. I mean, I sort of question that, but, Uh, there's obviously a very small sample size with him, but there are a lot of advocates. And one thing I know is he's walking into a great situation in in San Francisco, just a great team. So um, you you rarely get a great team that adds a quarterback. So it it might be very wise. And it's
0: interesting too, because the 49ers struggled last year, really because they were so banged up the entire season, right? There were some teams last year that, bore the brunt of injuries because there was you know, a, a modified training cap, no preseason. It seemed like there were more injuries in the league last year. The 49ers really were kind of the poster boy of that. And one of those is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he only played five or six games last year. But when Garoppolo plays, and people make fun of him because he, he doesn't maybe do as much in the offense, but when he plays, they win. And that's a, a big – deal. I think he's won 75% of his games as a 49er or something like that. Like He has been very successful when he's on the field. When he's not, that's when the, the Niners struggle, when they're going to second and third string quarterbacks, like Nick Mullins, for example. So, I think the only reservation I would have with Lance, because he's probably not ready to play this year, and we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo be successful, but also be banged up. If something were to happen with Garoppolo, and you hope it doesn't obviously, but if something were, then Trey Lance probably has to play. And how does that go for the 49ers with a a 20-year-old quarterback on the field um, in a situation that he's probably not ready for to be out there? I think that's an interesting question. But as you said, I I think it is a good situation. You've got a great mentor in Kyle Shanahan, as you said. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is going to be the starter next year, unless something crazy happens in camp or something like that. And he can just kind of sit back and learn much like Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas city. And that obviously worked out very well. So not having that immediate pressure, Chris, I think is going to be huge for
1: Trey Lance in San Francisco. No, I think so too. I, I think that's the key point to hit on. is just that the, the situation that he's entering, it's, it's so rare that you get that because we know Trevor Lawrence is not walking into a great situation. We talked about the jets already. It's not an ideal situation for, for Zach Wilson, it usually takes time to build around a quarterback. So the fact that San Francisco can offer him that foundation is really big. I mean, I'm sure you were going to turn here next, but the, looking at the other quarterbacks and Justin Fields falling to 11, there was a time where we thought he might be a jet and, and, and we're starting to consider that. And he goes to 11. And I think Chicago does a great job striking there to get a quarterback. They have not a good quarterback situation. Um, and then Mac Jones to the Patriots it w- would be the other one. So as you mentioned, Fields at eleven to the
0: Bears. So yeah, that situation shakes out. It'll be competing with Andy Dalton for first team reps. I want to touch on the Patriots and Mac Jones because there was a lot of conjecture before the draft about Mac Jones going to the 49ers, as we mentioned. But there was also a lot of conjecture that if the Patriots wanted a quarterback and they seemed to like Mac Jones from the start, if they wanted him, they would have to trade up maybe to eight with Carolina, maybe even to five with Cincinnati. Instead, they would get him all the way down at 15. They don't have to give up any assets. And Bill Belichick gets a guy who's a bit more of a traditional dropback passer, but a very accurate quarterback at Alabama. I think a fascinating evaluation and a guy who now will, will have to do it with more probably subpar weapons than even he had at Alabama, crazy as that sounds to say. Two wide receivers and a running back go in the first round from Bama. Matt Jones does as well. And now he's got to prove it with the Patriots. And it's another situation. He may not necessarily play right away. Cam Newton is there. But, Chris, the Patriots wind up getting their guy, even though everybody said they were going to have to trade up for him. They wind up not trading up, and they still get him at number 15.
1: As it often works for them, things kind of fall into place for, for Bill Belichick. I mean, I, I question that this was their guy, that this was the top quarterback in the class for them, that, that they evaluated him as their guy. They may have, but I, I, I've i been a questioner of, of, of the, the talent of Mac Jones uh, for a long time. Um, this feels like a very different era for the New England Patriots, and you have a lot of doubters right now lining up and saying that, after last year this is the end of the dynasty and 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 that he can't rebuild it and he being bill belichick he can't he can't find that magic again um and and i hesitate to join that 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 band of people because i i know how this guy operates he is the greatest uh to ever do it uh he is probably the greatest head coach in the history of the league um and just one of the greatest coaches in sports period I think he will figure it out. I think Mac Jones will be a game manager for him. I mean, they added a couple pieces with the tight ends, and and I think that this is a Patriot team that surprises people. Maybe they don't go from – they won six games last year, right? So I think they go from six. Maybe they, maybe they only jump up two. But if they win eight games this year, they're probably targeting the division next year. So this is a Patriots team that – knows what it's doing. And, and by team, I'm talking about one man, and I think he knows what he's doing and I'll never underestimate him. So uh, as much as I've questioned Matt Jones, he seems like kind of a archetype Patriot quarterback in a lot of ways. Um, And it may, it may well work. I hope it doesn't as a jet fan, as as you do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do as well. I think it's fair to question Matt Jones though. I think that's a very fair point. I mean, he ran when he was at Alabama, And they won the national title last year. It was his only full season as the starting quarterback. They ran, like, basically the perfect scheme for him. There was separation. There was speed all over the place with Smith and Waddle on either side. Waddle wound up missing a lot of the season. But still, they had a a running back in Najee Harris he could check it down to out of the backfield, which he did more later in the season. Didn't do that as much during the regular season. But he... Yeah, guys with a lot of separation. Steve Sarkisian did an awesome job with that offense at Bama. And my question about Jones, more than anything, is the tight window throws, right? Is he accurate enough to make a throw into traffic when his receiver doesn't have yards of separation? When, for example, in the national title game, Devontae Smith isn't matched up on a linebacker and he could just outrun him downfield. That's, I think, the question for, for Mac Jones, and I think he'll have to answer that. But, you know, we did see him be accurate. Now, some of those windows were were pretty big, but we have seen him demonstrate some accuracy. But I am skeptical of him as well. And I know the Patriots took him, and I know we've learned the hard way about the Patriots many times before. But I do think he's, he's the type of guy they can meld in that system to be exactly what they want him to be. And I think they're going to do that. And I think for that reason, he's in a pretty decent situation, all things considered, even though he fell to 15.
1: Yeah. And I think the Cam Newton thing is, is interesting because he had such a tough year. Um, But clearly the the Patriots trust him. They see something in him. Um, I don't even know if quarterback is the right position for Cam Newton at this point, because throwing the football seems to be his biggest weakness, but having a quarterback in position is is always good, and obviously Tom Brady did it. He he sat out before he came in, um, and he was a sixth round pick, so it's really a different story. But Mac Jones having time to to understand the system and and being known in the locker room as the guy who's expected to lead the locker room, um, you know we've seen it fail. The Jets have tried it, um, but you know the the Jets and Patriots are a, a very different story. The the culture that Bill Belichick inspires. I imagine is still there even without Tom Brady. So give Mac Jones some time and he may come in and have a lot of success.
0: So it works out for the Patriots again, because it always works out for the Patriots and they get their guy, maybe their guy, maybe not their guy, who knows in Mac Jones at 15. Before we wrap up the show, Chris, uh, we have not done an episode of NFL Friday since the news about Aaron Rodgers came Mm. out. He Uh, seems to be very disgruntled in Green Bay. That came out about a week ago, courtesy of Adam Schefter. Uh, It somewhat conveniently leaked hours before the draft that he had told some people in the organization that he didn't want to come back. There's been uh, reports about teams he might want to go to. There's been reports about what he might want to see happen in Green Bay, including possibly having GM Brian Gutekunst fired. Uh, A lot of this, of course, stems from the Packers trading up to draft Jordan Love in last year's draft quarterback out of Utah State. Chris, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this situation. You have the defending NFL MVP and Aaron Rodgers, 50 touchdowns last year, now wants to leave Green Bay, leave the Packers. I think this is a fascinating situation to watch. We'll see how it plays out. But I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I don't think you and I have talked about this at all, whether it's on the air or off the air. So I'm curious what you think.
1: Right. No, I don't think we have it. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I buy this. I, I buy that. He wants out. There's a lot of good reasons for him to, to want out. He is the heart and soul of that franchise. You have to question the head coach. You have to question the pieces around him. And I understand why he would want out of green Bay. And I, I think it's a real storyline. Um, I think it'll probably happen. This could be his last year. Um, where does he go? I, I think that's where the intrigue is. Um, you know the the the, the storyline that that's been thrown out is that that he may end up being a patriot. That, that's that that would that would crush my my soul. So I, I certainly hope nothing like that happens. But I I think I think he will move on from Green Bay. He's clearly disgruntled. He clearly holds the cards in in the situation. I mean, the the Packers could get a haul for him if they traded him, but. I don't know. I, I, I think that one way or another, Aaron Rodgers is going to find his way out of Green Bay. It's funny you,
0: you bring it up that way. I agree with that as well. I don't view this as a negotiating tactic like I think some people do. Hmm. I was watching NFL Live the other day and, and I think it was Mina Khan just brought up a really interesting point about Rodgers where she, she compared it and I'll use an analogy that I think you're going to like as a business guy. She compared it to the, the the game situation a few weeks ago mm. when you had high-profile investors, including Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, shorting the stock, betting on it to go down, essentially. The Packers, in the offseason before last year, shorted their stock on Aaron Rodgers, basically. He had had a couple of down years. He had been hurt. Uh, and And it looked like he was in some kind of decline going into 2020. So they draft Jordan Love. What happens in 2020? Aaron Rodgers has his best year, maybe of his career, certainly in a while since his last MVP season back in 2014. And he leads the Packers to the NFC title game for the second straight year. We all know how that ended. They're down eight late in the game. They kick the field goal instead of going for it on fourth and goal. And Aaron Rodgers didn't seem happy about that. Uh, We've seen that in a number of different ways. And now he's just unhappy with the situation. But in an odd way, I think taking Jordan Love, as much as it might have angered Aaron Rodgers, it also elicited some of the best play we've ever seen from him in his career. So it's it's an odd situation for me to look at because I, I say, wow, they shouldn't have taken Jordan Love, but at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. You can't ask for much more. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird to look at when you, when you think about it like that.
1: No, and I, I agree a hundred percent that I, I, the Jordan love thing on its face made no sense. I mean, why do you draft a quarterback? It, it's, it makes no sense, but that is the sense in it. That was the reason I, they wanted to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers is the only explanation I could have now it maybe helped help them in the short term because it got him to play his best football. But, um, if that was sort of the the move that caused him to lose his loyalty to green Bay, then it wasn't worth it because he may well leave now. And I know he's getting up there in age, but we know what he can do for probably another five, six, seven years. Um, and he'll go the, the, he'll have the longevity of a Tom Brady. I would imagine the, the love thing, maybe, maybe in the short term, it, 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 it generated, uh, some of Aaron Rodgers' best play. But if that is the thing that caused him to, to to start questioning his relationship with Green Bay, then it certainly wasn't worth it. Even though he'll be the quarterback after Aaron Rodgers leaves, the thing is if if that's in two years, where's Jordan Love at? I mean, he, he's got to start playing NFL football. He, he can't ride the bench for too long. Well, keep in mind, too. We've never seen
0: Jordan Love play a game in a Packers uniform, even play a snap, I don't think. I mean, they didn't have a preseason last year, so you you don't know what you have in Jordan Love. The Packers don't know what they have in Jordan Love right now just because of the nature of how things have gone in the last year with the, you know, so much being virtual now and him not getting as much practice time and not getting game action. So Packers are in disarray. I don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Um, I think Denver makes the most sense the more mm-hmm. I think about this, but. That also kind of seems like a lot of removed to me. Although I did say the same about Tom Brady, and he wound up winning the Super Bowl at age 43. So we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But Chris, great to be with you. Another episode of NFL Friday. Thank you for listening. For my partner Chris Baccia, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. One on One's NFL Friday. WfuV Sports.